Today on the show, we're talking about the seven stages of financial independence. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. Thanks so much for being here with us this week. My name is Courtney. I'm your host. And today I'm joined with Trevor for episode 99. So we are one episode away from 100. And we have a we have kind of a special show uh, ready for you next week. Yeah, so next week we're doing a show. It's a roundtable discussion. We're going to bring some guests on. And it's going to be, we're, we're talking about what the things that I think helped me or are helping me or have helped me get to early financial independence. And we're also going to talk about things that I, things that I, I wish I did sooner or, you know, I wish I, things I didn't do sort of the, the do's and don'ts of getting to financial independence. And I would invite our listeners to write in this week. So before we record next week's show, and tell us what's helping you get to financial independence, or if you're already there, what helped you get to financial independence? And we'll we'll air some of those uh, ideas on the show. And also another note, um, we are releasing our shows every Tuesday as well, so uh, definitely look forward to uh, to to listening to our shows then. So Trevor, let's get into today's show today on the seven stages of financial independence, and it really does play nicely into next week's show, kind of a nice lead in. I think if you understand the journey to financial independence, it, it won't seem as daunting because because financial independence seems like this. I mean, if you're in your 20s, it seems unattainable, unreachable. But if, if you knew that the, the path or the stages that, that and you knew you were hitting all the marks uh, along the way, I think it would be a great motivator. Uh, like I'm, I'm definitely just, just starting out in my professional career in my, in my life. And I mean, at that point, the point that you're at today, Trevor, that feels that feels so far away. I mean, it, it's hard to really even even digest that. And there's a there's a lot of things in life that are going to want to pull you off your plan, off your your goal, and it's really being deliberate and and not letting that happen. And it's you're in it for the long game, and it's it's so easy to be derailed by shiny things. So it's really building habits and building discipline to get there. So I want to kind of read a piece from today's article. And today's article is called The Seven Stages of Financial Independence. What stage are you in? And it's from moneywise.com. But this article and the kind of the stages that we're going to talk about are very, are are highly discussed um, in terms of talking about financial independence. Yeah, I searched the internet for uh, this topic. And I, I found you know, the seven stages, the six stages, the, the five stages, the eight stages, they're basically, I don't know who I'd give credit to for these stages of financial, I'm sure somebody invented them, but they seem to be pretty universal and you can find them most anywhere. That being said, we will link this specific article in our show notes and we definitely encourage if, if you kind of, if there's a specific uh, set of stages that you live by and you love, and we'd, we'd love to, uh, we'd love to, you to share that with us. So I kind of want to start off with, there's a nice little paragraph. It's actually the end, but I'm going to read it first because it's, it's really impactful. Um, so if from, this is the, the paragraph here. So for most people, financial independence is seen as the end goal, and they give little attention to the other stages before it. This view turns financial freedom into a mirage, an impossible dream, a financial unicorn. 
because it's seen as almost too good to be possible. A lot of people just end up somewhere earlier on the stages and never try to move beyond these these early stages to later stages. And this is so true. I, I know people that are, are, I'll say, stuck or stopped at any one of these plateaus of financial independence. And, and they're quite happy there. And any, I, the key is if you're happy there, then that's fine. But they, they kind of they kind of think that that's the finish line and really it wasn't what they were going for. And I think, I think that right there is, is what is so in, important about kind of discussing these stages is that it's not, it's not you're kind of dependent and then all of a sudden you are financially independent. I mean, cause that, that's a huge kind of chunk to swallow. I think, and, and highlighted here and what the emphasis of this whole kind of the stages is around is that, um, and it says here by thinking we, when we think of financial independence as a part of con- of a continuum, the goal becomes much more achievable and realistic. And I, I think like here's an example where people would fall into this trap is just say you became completely debt free. You had no no loans of any kind, no mortgage, no nothing. You're debt free. You could lull yourself into believing that you are financially independent in that you don't owe anybody any money. That's a great plateau. And uh, there's a lot of people that never get there. But if you hit that plateau and if your goal was financial independence, but you, you, you thought, you know, this was the finish line, I I think you would have failed in your goal. Oh, I completely agree. And that is actually something we're kind of going to get into this article is, is when you reach that point that you're, there's actually a few more stages after that. And it's, it's in, when I was reading this article myself, I was kind of, it kind of really surprised me that to your point, Trevor, I thought. I mean, and it's easy to think that that kind of being debt free is what financial independence is, but it's 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 a lot more than that. It's being more kind of sufficient. So before we jump into the seven stages, there's this really nice um, kind of opening line here, and it says, "A high income job doesn't always equate to financial independence or freedom from debt." And I'm gonna say, income has it 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 has an element to becoming financial independent. But you, you could outspend a great income, and a lot of people do. It's really your, it's your spending discipline that's going to really move the needle on. Like you need an income of some kind. So I'm not going to mislead people in saying you could do this on minimum wage. I don't think you could. But I think at some point in your life, you need to earn a, a, an above average income to get to financial independence. But I know a lot of people that do earn an above average income, and they're they're not going to get to financial independence. So I, I think you could get there early in life, but it's going to take, in discipline sounds like a, a real negative thing. And some, you know, I, I want to put a more positive spin on it. It's going to take deliberate lifestyle choices. So another great kind of thing to think about around uh, financial independence is that financial independence isn't really a goal. It's actually the process. I mean, is this something that has always you've always thought about financial dependence in, in in terms of? Well, I actually think it's both. So there is a goal line here in, in becoming financial independence where passive income can meet all your obligations. But it is a process to get there and you need to celebrate every stage as you as you you know pass that stage. You need to celebrate that and acknowledge that you've you've made this transition. So uh, it is a process and it is a destination. It is a finish line. So right before we do jump into discussing the stages, I kind of want to set the scene a little bit with 
kind of a, a nice little little intro into it um, pulled from this article. And I, I'm only we're only talking about this. I only want to talk about this because I think it really gives you perspective about kind of how and why you're going about your journey. So a nice question here is, do you work to live or live to work? And which is a better option? You know, I, I think everyone spends time doing both. Hopefully you, you, you love your job and you, you live to go to work every day to make a difference and, and do good things. But I, there's times in your life where you're, you're just w- working to survive. So I, I think in this journey, you'll have done both. So I, I think this is kind of an important intro to this episode because like this, this article says, a lot of, a lot of individuals, the, the one when we talk about finding independence, it, for them, for some individuals, it means working as hard as possible to retire as young as, po- young as possible. So it kind, of, it kind of really echoes the live to work um, side of it. I think there's, you've got to, this journey is way too long to endure that, that that, as you described it, I I think there needs to be a balance and you might be able to do that for a short period of time, work as hard as possible to earn as much as possible, but uh, to sustain that over a course of 25 or 30 years, I, I think you'd be pretty miserable by the time you finished. And, and Trevor, I do want to ask you for for you, I mean, these are called navigating the seven stages of financial freedom. So before we even get into the stages, right before we do, what does, I mean, what does financial freedom mean for you? And, and has it changed over your course of, of kind of navigating the personal finance world yourself? So I've spent three years having somebody decide where I have to be and when I have to be there. So financial independence is me choosing what I want to do and when I want to do it. You know, that, that's kind of a very high level summarization of, of what financial freedom means to me. I, I think if you stop being productive and stop contributing to society, you will die a quick death. I think we're just hardwired as humans to contribute and to be productive. But I want to do it on my terms. And that's what financial independence means to me. And I do think it's important to highlight that I, I mean, do you think there, do you think financial, the, the term financial independence is individual to, to each person or do you think there, there is an overarching definition or is it again what, what an individual's priority is? Uh, no, there is an overarching definition. If you have to be able to support your life with passive income and passive income is income that you don't have to actively generate, meaning you don't have to do, you don't have to actively work at generating that income that that's passive income not to say you're not going to but you don't have to so without further ado let's now jump into the seven stages of financial freedom or financial independence so stage number zero is dependence every child would start out being dependent on their parents so everybody starts at stage zero this is it's not a bad thing it's unless you are born with a trust fund you 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 basically have, you're dependent on somebody for your survival needs. And this is great up into, up to a certain age, you would expect to be dependent on somebody. And I would, I would, the, the key is to, to not, once you pass this stage of dependence, so you just say you're, you're 20 and you are 23 or 24, you graduate from post-secondary education and you go into the work world. 
the key is to not regress back into dependence. Not, not saying it, it could happen sporadically and, and, you know, some people, they maybe get laid off from their first job and they're, they're having trouble finding that second job. And if you have, if you have to rely on dependence for short periods of time, I don't think that's regression. That's just bad luck. But the, I think the key is to, to never, and I, I would say 25 is like the literally the upper limit of you can't be dependent on somebody past that plateau. I mean, that is, and that is the outer limit. And, and the reason I pick 25 is if you're going through post-secondary education, maybe you're getting a master's degree, that may take you to age 25. And it, I would hope you'd be, you know, weaning yourself off dependency by the time you're that age. But 25 is the upper limit. I mean, anything past that, and you're just not growing as, as a human being anymore. You're, you're, you're probably regressing and, and be, you're, you're, you're just not developing life skills. So that, that to me is, the, is where I saw off dependency. 25 is the actual, actual outer limit. N- no questions asked. It's, I just saw it off there. So Trevor, you highlighted the word someone when you depend on someone, but for dependency st- stage zero, that can also be something. So I mean, it can be a loan. It can be borrowing money from, I mean, friends and family. So it's not necessarily just your parents, um, but it but it can be relying on by just outer sources of uh, borrowed 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 credit and 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 money sources of income that aren't your own. Well, I mean, if you've borrowed money and you're repaying that debt, you are you're supporting yourself. See, life we tend to earn money in a linear fashion. And we tend to need money in lumpy, erratic fashion. So what smooths out that need for money is uh, debt. You borrow money. So education is really expensive. You're, you're going to be able to pay it back over time. So uh, borrowing, I'm not a fan of borrowing money, but borrowing money and repaying it. If you're, if, if you're able to repay your own debts, then you're not dependent on somebody else. When you talk about borrowing from someone this article actually mentions that when you borrow from something so they talk about taking out a payday loan a loan from a bank and then borrowing from from friends or or other family that counts as well as as they as in this article as a stage zero dependency and so i would agree with that if you don't have the means to repay those debts at that moment in time so if you don't have a stream of income to repay those debts when you borrow the money and you know you don't, and perhaps the person you're borrowing the money from knows you don't, then you are dependent on them in that you have an outstanding liability with them that's, I'm going to say, indefinite until you have money to pay it back. So that is a form of dependence. And if, so unless you've borrowed money from somebody and you've already determined how you're going to repay it, meaning you have a source of income, then you're not dependent. But if you've borrowed money with no hard fast plan of how to repay it then you are dependent so let's move on to stage number one so stage number one is solvency basically i'm gonna go back to debt you can basically you can finance your life so you may have to borrow money you you may have debt but you can meet your financial obligations so as expenses arise you have income to satisfy them as debt repayment comes up you can satisfy that. So you're not dependent on somebody else to manage your life, your day-to-day life. This is basically your paycheck-to-paycheck environment. One one point mentioned in this article for stage one solvency is that you still have loans, but you're not adding anything new 
and more importantly, um, you're meeting your payments every month. So uh, solvency is a, uh, I think it, it's, it's something everybody, I mean, even if you don't want to be financially independent in early in life or at any point, solvency should be your, everybody's minimum target. Everybody should want to be solvent, want to, and the reason you want to do this is if, if you're not solvent, if you're dependent, then somebody else is calling all the shots in your life. Somebody's making decisions for you, decisions you might not like. Someone's telling you what to do. Everyone can relate back to being a teenager and just despising their parents making decisions for them and telling them what to do and when to do it. And this is this should motivate you to be financially independent because at some point an employer is going to tell you to do that. Now, when you're a teenager, your parents your parents are telling you to do that every minute of your life, it seems. And so when you're when you are in a position of solvency, you're you're making all the decisions in your life. You get to decide what you do and when you do it. So that's the motivator. That that's the reason you want to get there is is you get to decide how you live your life if you're solvent. Trevor, I want to go back to just something you said earlier. You said something along the lines of not everyone wants to achieve financial independence and I mean you're you if you if if you're living and alive and you're on this uh you're going to be a lungs continuum somewhere and then and therefore somehow somewhere achieving just just a piece of your kind of financial independence uh road like going along that process well there's definitely some people that never do achieve financial independence and you don't have to look far to to know of a an elderly person living in the basement of their uh their one of their child's houses because they can't afford to live on their own and th- those are sad cases but they do exist and i'm not saying people got there because they didn't care maybe they a set of unfortunate events put them there but still they're they're not financially independent meaning they they can't meet all their financial obligations and so a lot of people go into this thinking they can work forever and you're going to reach an age where you can't physically do it anymore. Say you're a roofer. I mean, you can't be up putting up shingles in your, your late sixties. I don't think you can. I mean, it's, it looks like pretty hard work. So the, everyone should be striving for it, but a lot of people don't. And they don't for a couple of reasons. They don't because they, they don't think that far ahead. They don't have a, a, a planning mind. So they, they don't think beyond the weekend and some people they just and I kind of admire some of these people they're carefree they just don't care they're just living one day at a time and there's something to be said for that that living one day at a time is is a really good skill and I wish I had some of that but uh, you can't always be living for the future you'll be miserable if you are so there's a there's a balance to be had my whole goal in life is not to be a burden on anybody it, it, to the point I became not dependent on somebody as as a very young person, my whole goal in life was to never be a burden. And I hope, and I'm going to continue on that path, I never want to be a burden on, on my children, on my parents, on anybody. I want to be as self-sufficient as possible. Let's move on to talking about stage number two, which is described as financial stability. And here in the article, it says, once you are able to consistently meet your financial commitments, um, have paid off some of your debts, you're able to keep your expenses down, now you can start saving. So th- so I think, the, I think the emphasis on this stage, I don't know, would you agree, Trevor, is kind of that you can finally start start adding to, to your emergency your emergency day, rainy day fund, and, and building that reserve of, of savings. 
Yeah, so once you've passed uh, solvency, you, you move into stability, this is where you start to build a financial empire. This is where you start to accumulate money into savings and investments. And this is where you're no longer living paycheck to paycheck. You, you're, you're moved away from the financial edge and you have some breathing space in your life. And this is where some people get lulled into this false sense of security where they think they're better off than they really are. And you still have debt. You're still trying to pay off that mortgage. And you're, you, you have an emergency fund, so you know life's not breathing down your neck anymore. But I think, and I can see a lot of people wanting to stop here and say, I've made it. But this is just a, a, a plateau. This is not where you, this is not the finish line. This, this is a good place. And a lot of people never get here. So you will look unusual. You will look like you've, you've made it because, you, you know, a lot of people, they, they, never, they never do get here. So you, you will look like you've accomplished something a lot of people haven't. But if your goal is financial independence, you're not there yet. So you got to keep clawing and scratching and keep going. So I have kind of two branch off questions and commas from that. I mean, we're only at uh, stage two, which is technically the third stage here. And, and, and you're saying that this is sometimes as, as far as, as, as we'll make it. I mean, I, there, there's, there's, there's more stages to go and it's just, it, that's kind of, it's just, it's just surprising. Well, the thing is in the early stages, the, the difference in, in your, your financial life is dramatic from stage one to stage two. When you're no longer on the financial edge and, and life is not breathing down your neck, you know, wanting every penny you earn and you're living paycheck to paycheck, when, when, you, when you've moved away from that, your life feels dramatically different. And I'm going to, so a giveaway here, stage three is debt freedom. The difference between financial stability and debt freedom is not as dramatic as the difference between living paycheck to paycheck and have, having financial stability. So that's why stage two, you can think you've made it because the, 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 the stress that's going to leave your life is going to be beyond comprehension. So that is, that is why this feels like a finish line to a lot of people. And I mean, yeah, I, to your point there, I, f I feel like some of the jumps between the two stages, I mean, I think it's probably easy to get caught up in, in stage one. And, and I think that's an important thing to emphasize is that we're not going to move through the stages at the stages as quickly. Um, there, it's not all kind of equal because again, it's a continuing, there is no kind of, it's you, it's a slide, you slide along it. There's no actual kind of jumping points where you get one to another. And I think that's, uh, that's something really notable. Well, you know, there's a couple of things. So if you went from dependency to solvency, so from stage zero to stage one, that is life changing. I mean, you, you, the, the feeling you're going to have, the, the, the empowerment you're going to get from moving to those two stages is going is going to be life changing. And it, it's worth all the headaches and aggravations to, to be not dependent on somebody else. And, and you're going to know that you've reached that stage to your point. You're saying, how do you know? They're, it's going to be obvious because you're no longer asking for permission. You're just doing what you want. So when you go from dependency to solvency, that's the, that's the noticing factor is you're no longer asking for permission. And then when you go to financial stability, you're no longer panicking to make sure you've got all your bills covered every month. You know, that, that is never, uh, that event leaves your life. You're not wondering, oh, well, we made it. You know, that, you're never doing that every single month. So you'll know you moved when, when that whole stress leaves your life. Like that, it literally disappears. 
when all of a sudden you have this emergency fund and you're no longer, you know, quickly adding up all your bills and adding up all your paychecks and saying you made it every month. So that is, so they are obvious. They're not subtle. I, one last thing I do want to add in about stage two, going back to what you said earlier is that, I mean, most, most people or some people don't move past stage two. Um, and I, I want to note that maybe it's because that we, we live in a society where we, we are stuck with a mortgage for our, the entirety of our life. I mean, um, this stage really emphasizes you've paid off most of your consumer debt, so credit card debt, but you are still making mortgage payments or, or student loan payments um, is another example within, within this uh, section. But I mean, it, it kind of makes sense that we maybe think this, is, this could be the last stage because, I mean, is paying off your mortgage something that is is socially socially just accepted or or is it was it the uh against the norm well here's a good judge of whether you're at financial stability so there's a a statistic and i i i wish i I was just while you were talking i was trying to find it but the i'm gonna say it's something like in the 80 percent range so 80 percent of canadians couldn't come up with a thousand dollars in cash without borrowing it in in a moment like Wait, in a week 80 percent. i think it was a week 80 wow. percent. and I, I i i'm gonna put the once i find the article i will put it in the show notes but I, it, it was in the it, it was like 80 percent, or maybe it was 75 percent. it was it was something significantly was large, over 50 percent. wow yeah, it could not come up with a thousand dollars cash in the event of an emergency without borrowing it from somebody that or really something. kind of puts it puts these stages and kind of our journey along them into perspective so if you are at stage two in financial stability and you have an emergency fund in cash reserves you are unusual you know you are not the norm you're not the norm of our society so uh, that's how significant stage two is so let's move on to stage three stage three talks about debt freedom and this is a place where some people never get. And you know how on this show we talk about debt and, and it's not a great thing. But there's debt in your life that's necessary. So there's, there's things you, there, you should be only willing to borrow money for things that go up in value. One would be education. That's you're, you, you're going up in value. Real estate, it's pretty unrealistic to buy a house in cash and it goes up in value. There isn't many other things that you should borrow money for. So if, if this is the only debts you have, I like your chances of being debt-free early in life. But the problem is most people, they have more debt than this. And it really comes down to whenever a problem in life arises, if your solution to solving that problem is debt, you know, borrow the money to solve this, like that, that is where our society goes off the rails. So... And, and sorry, I can I can just I can hear a couple of our listeners right now asking about about cars. I mean, they don't go up in value, but is it realistic for for everyone to have enough cash set aside to buy a car full out? Well, I believe nobody should ever. Well, I can say nobody should ever buy a new car, but somebody has to buy them so you can buy a used one. So obviously, I, I need people to go out and buy new cars, just just not people who want to be financially independent. So I can go and buy their used car. I think if like the cars are so reliable today and we're not going to make this a show about cars, but a car with 150,000 kilometers on it is so reliable and you could save up and pay cash for a car like that and drive it for 
just to be conservative, drive it for five years and maybe sell it for a thousand bucks. And in five years, you can save up cash to even buy a better car. So this, be willing to start out life in a, in a older car and, and, and you're just save up cash to buy a car. It, it, it's not, it's not that unrealistic. And when you don't have debt in your life, so debt adds stress to everyone's life. It makes you job loss catastrophic when you're servicing debt. So if if you if you can minimize that, and this is so we're talking about debt freedom. When you can get debt out of your life, you just live life differently. Like I haven't had debt in my life for a while, and so the idea of of reinstituting debt into my life is so foreign, is so outrageously crazy sounding that I, I would I would never go there. So this plateau, I think, I think financial security is probably the most significant plateau. Getting there is important, but debt freedom. Once you get here, it, so if financial security or stability is the 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 top of the the hill, it just gets easier once you hit debt freedom. Because when you're not repaying debt, money starts to stack up in a hurry. So long you don't inflate your lifestyle. It- and actually, I, I just I want to stop you there. And that is what I was just about to ask that or say that that I mean, uh, we could have a couple of listeners wondering what how does how does income play into this specific stage? But I'm going to say no, it doesn't it be based on you just said it right there inflating your lifestyle. Yeah, so long you don't once you're done, you don't have any more debt. So long you don't use that extra money to live large. Instead, you you take that money, invest it, and save it. That's the key. And this is so a lot of people do fall down at this stage. They do get to debt freedom, but then they inflate their life and they they buy the car of their dreams, they buy the house of their dreams, uh, and they they go on vacations and they just their lifestyle becomes super super expensive. And then so financial freedom or financial independence becomes more elusive because you've inflated your lifestyle so much that the the passive income you'd need to support that lifestyle becomes almost impossible. I don't know if I'm digressing at all by saying this, but um, I were just talking about de- de- um, increasing our lifestyle and and and, and kind of inflating it. Uh, a strategy I didn't realize that I I was kind of uh, partaking in until we kind of just talked about this right now is that I I definitely still um, live more like a student than than I I think I realized. I think I I any any of our listeners who are who, who may be in the same boat, kind of, they adapted, they kind of, I mean, four years, five years, six years in school, and you kind of ha- hold on to those, those, those tendencies to, to kind of be frugal and, 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 and live more inexpensively. And I think, I think that right there may be kind of a good way to, to get back to your roots is just to don't let yourself uh, really, really inflate your lifestyle. See, when you say live like a student, so th- that's probably a uh, a plateau a lot of people want to get above but but if you if you had to say i'm living like a student then you're you're probably you're not living the life you want to live is is that a fair statement okay when I, yeah i guess when i say live like a student there are i think i have inflated my lifestyle in certain aspects i mean there i because when you're a student i mean i i i didn't i didn't work while i was in school so i there there was that kind of that element to it and obviously now i'm working so there you kind of live a little bit differently but i think 
I mean, I, I'm renting right now, but I, I didn't go and, and find the most expensive condo to rent and and I didn't go out and buy a car as soon as I as soon as I graduated. And so I think there's kind of aspects where you can still kind of cling on to the 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 fundamental roots of what kind of made you frugal throughout school. See, I, I would caution, you know, if, if you're if your description of your life says you live like something. Um, unless it's live like a king, which actually live like anything is probably a bad description. You, if you're doing this and it's painful, it's not going to be sustainable. You're not going to get there. Is this going to take a long enough time that you're not going to stay motivated? See, see, I guess like I, I get yeah to your point there. My I I guess I'm so content that I I was never in pain. Like it was never I was never deprived. I never have felt deprived. So I guess I guess it just depends how what, what your what, how your I guess your student living life was because I yeah I never once felt deprived. So I think I guess perspective. So you said a certain thing. You never felt pain. So this striving for financial independence it it sh- it might require a little discomfort in your lifestyle periodically i'm not saying indefinitely and you might have to make some adjustments and you so if 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 you do something say you're driving an old car and you're not you just it kind of bothers you a little bit you're driving this 12 year old car if if it's uncomfortable doing that it you will get comfortable with it over time but if it's an actual pain point and it really hurts to drive this old car you're not going to get past that that's not that's not something you're going to be able to endure. So if what you're doing to adjust your lifestyle to to move to financial independence is causing you real life pain and making you miserable, then you're probably working the wrong angle. You know that that if cars are important to you then then go all in on cars and make an adjustment somewhere else in your life t- to get there. And it might be in your housing, it might it might be vacations, it might be something else. Just don't try to do it all. But if driving a, a, an old car is super painful for you and you just you, you just can't do it and you've even, you've tried it and it's just something you can't get past, then then try working some other aspect of your life. No, and I cannot agree more with that statement. It goes back to kind of the, the very kind of earlier statement we said where to live to work or work to live. I mean, and if you're if you're going about um, that in the wrong way, it's it's not going to be a good experience. So we just with a little bit of digression, went through stage three of debt freedom. And stage four now is financial security. So financial security. And again, a lot of people can be lulled into into thinking this is a finish line, but it's not. But to define it, it's your survival needs can be met through passive income. Meaning, you know, what keeps you off the street, food, shelter, clothing, those, those things are covered by passive income. And passive income is income you don't have to work for a lot of, for a lot of people that's investments. So you have investments that are they're paying out an income that cover your survival needs. So chances are you still work because you, you have the remainder, the, the, the comforts of your lifestyle to still finance. If you have enough passive income, so, so you're at the point, a lot of people call this FU money. So you could, you could walk away from your job if it got really hard or your employer got unreasonable. You, you could just say, I quit, I leave, I'm leaving and go find another job. Your, your, your survival needs are met. You're not going to be living on the street. So this is, again, a lot of people never get here. So this is a, you'd be pretty unique and think, and think that you, you've arrived. And this is one where it's a little more gray area. So you, 
between financial security and the next one is financial independence. So between those two, you know, if you ramp down your lifestyle enough, you could tell yourself that you're financially independent, even though your lifestyle's ramped down so much, you're 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 living in pain, meaning you've you've cut so many frills out of your life that it's un it's it's beyond uncomfortable, and you're calling yourself financial independent when really you're not happy because your your life is is so ramped down. So financial security is is a great uh, if just say you stopped at financial security you know that's a win i mean you're 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 probably in a 5% of the population if you're doing this at a fairly young age so this is where i believe i am at the moment is in financial security and it, it's a pretty empowering powerful feeling because i'm at the point where i could walk away from my job if it got challenging or difficult and who knows, someday I might leave there early. Moving from financial security to financial independence is going to be a real gray area. And if there's not going to be an obvious, obvious plateau here. So stage number five is financial independence. So even though the, there's seven stages here, so we start at zero, we're going to go to stage six. This is, this is, in my mind, this is the finish line. This is where you have enough passive income to finance your complete lifestyle. And uh, for to get here early in life, it's going to require a pretty frugal lifestyle. And that has to be something you embrace. It can't be something that you're going to endure. So if you can embrace a frugal lifestyle, uh, I think financial independence is, is very achievable early in life. So I, I'm going to hit financial independence by my calculations at age 55. And I, I'm doing it through a, a decent, in, you know, a, I'll say an above average income, but not dramatically above average, but more through frugal living. So I, 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 I think one of the keys is, is I've lived off 50% of my income for, I don't know, at least 10 years. And that is a, that's what's going to move the needle is, and we our, our tagline is uh, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. I, I didn't let just life happen to me to get here. I, I had to be very deliberate about things I did and things I didn't do. And I had to be more deliberate about things I didn't do than the things I did. And I, I'm as you're as we were talking, I think maybe a future episode which might be valuable is it is an episode of kind of ramping down our lifestyle and and how we can as as we're nearing kind of stage four and five of our of our financial independence journey along the continuum i think it there's there's a lot of strategies that we could kind of discuss about about how to how to how to make that possible well i think if a lot of people just did not inflate their lifestyles to the thing you were talking about earlier if you just lived and didn't you know didn't try to live large i mean this this keeping up with the joneses is a is a disease that a lot of people are affected by and what happens is people's, what's, what's normal for our society does not have to be normal for you. So the final and uh, final stage in, in our seven stages of financial independence is financial abundance. And again, this comes after uh, I, financial, the financial independence stage. So financial abundance is a stage where you, you may never get to this stage and that's okay. This is where you have more passive income than you need to finance your lifestyle. And 
I think a lot of people get here, and I've read a lot of stories where this wasn't this wasn't somebody's goal. So we talk about Mr. Money Mustache a lot uh, on this podcast, and if you read about his story, he is clearly in financial abundance. But that was not his going in plan. He was just striving for financial independence, but it turned into financial abundance. And I think what happens is when you get to financial independence and you quit your traditional job, opportunities appear that you you don't see because you're not bogged down with a day you know an eight, eight hour grind every day of a day to a five day work week, and opportunities appear that you, you didn't anticipate, and, and that's what happened to him. And he's in financial abundance, and it, it, it's not like it fell into his lap, but he would not have seen this. This, these opportunities in his life had he been grinding it out at work every day. And I, I think that, that though, is a very, very unique, very kind of special uh, case in, in, in that that kind of path. I, I don't think everyone falls into, but it's, it's, it's incredible that he was able to, not fall into, but actively choose. You know, I, I think if you get to financial independence early in life, so I'm not counting on this, but I'm going to get there at 55, and I truly believe I will end up in financial abundance because of opportunities I'm going to, I'm going to see that I wasn't anticipating, but I'm not counting on it, but I'm, I'm betting my, the odds that it's going to happen. So, so just to, to follow up on that, I mean, do, do you think then that you actively have to seek out these opportunities for financial abundance? Like you're saying that you think you'll achieve it or, or is it just something that, that happens if, if you're, if you're in, with, with an abundant investments or if you, if you don't really use all of that passive income. So if, you, if you're working a job and it's, it's a stable job and you're making a decent wage at it, every other opportunity that you see out there will either look riskier or not as lucrative because you're, you're subconsciously comparing it to your source of income you have right now. So you're, you're, you're not reluctant, you're, and I'm going to say you're not going to take chances, and I, I don't think you should ever take big chances, but if you're financially independent, you're not really taking a big risk leaving uh, a stable job for uh, an opportunity that may or may not work out, providing you don't have to lay out a whole bunch of capital for to start a business or something. I'm just talking about a, a, a low investment opportunity. You you might not, if you're not in a potential position of financial penance, you would not look at that with the same lens. You would say, oh, that's way too risky. You know, I'd have to give up this stable job for this thing that may or may not work out. So I think you end up being a little more of a risk taker when you're financially independent. And that's where financial abundance comes from. So, Trevor, that brings us to the end of our seven stages. I'll kind of just run through them as a recap. Um, and again, this article will be in the show notes if you kind of want to review the stages again at your own pace. Um, so, stage zero is dependence. Stage one is solvency. Stage two is financial stability. Stage three is debt freedom. Stage four is financial security. Stage five is financial independence. And stage six is financial abundance. So, Trevor, we're going to end the show, but I I do kind of want to ask you, I mean, when you started out, did you, how did you, how did you view your, your, your kind of financial independence roadmap? I mean, did you see it as continuum like this or did you kind of just see it as, like, I guess, how was your vision and overall perception of financial independence evolved as you've aged? I mean, I know you, you have a financial independence goal, but 
but what, how did, how did you view it and, and how has that view changed? Well, I wish I would have known about these stages when I was younger because I was just looking at the financial independence. I didn't really uh, realize there was all these plateaus along the way. And I wish I would have. It would have made the journey a lot more, uh, it would have made the journey look more realistic. You know, at some point, I, at, at certain stages, I thought, you know, am I ever going to get there? But had I known these stages existed, so I, I started this before the internet existed, right? So, but when I found these, I, I, I took a lot of comfort in it. So I, I kind of learned about these along my journey. Uh, I wish I would have known about them earlier in life. And just like we always talk about with the debt snowball, which is repaying the easiest debts um, first and then working up towards the uh, the more challenging debts to repay. I think I think personal finance definitely is about the little wins. And, and I think this these stages definitely represent that because, again, life is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And I, I think you need to celebrate every stage. But more importantly, you have to make sure you don't regress back. So once you hit, say, financial stability and you're no longer living paycheck to paycheck, you can't, it could happen, but maybe through a unfortunate events, but you really have to work hard to not fall back into a paycheck to paycheck. Life. I think that's, that's, a, that's a great point to emphasize because I think it, it could be easy to get excited uh, at the stage you've reached and kind of let go of a little bit of your, your vigilance and your little, in your kind of control and your just your, your awareness of, of maybe how much you're spending and how much you're saving kind of, because you've, you've reached that plateau, but I, you're right without, without being consciously aware and making deliberate lifestyle decisions and, and choices every day, you definitely can uh, move backwards. So Trevor, that brings us to the end of today's episode on the seven stages of financial independence. Do you have any final thoughts or takeaways for our listeners before we end today's episode? Yeah, to get there, to get to financial independence, motivation is a great tool, but motivation can come and go. What's going to get you there is discipline. So build a discipline and discipline will never let you down. Build a discipline around your personal finances. Stay focused. If it's important to you, you will get there. And on that note, thank you so much for being here with us this week for episode 99. We can't wait to have you back with us next Tuesday when we release episode 100. Thank you so much for everyone who's been along with us on our journey this far. It's been an incredible ride and we can't wait to have you for our round table and for many more episodes to come after that. If you Again, if you have anything you want to submit to be included in our next week's episode 100 on, on your financial journey and your financial and what financial independence has, me, has meant to you and means to you, we'd love to be able to share with that with our listeners on next week's podcast. So we'll see you then. But until then, keep it simple.